Well, podcast family, I've said it many times, so much so that it's kind of the tagline of this podcast, and that's that medicine moves real fast, and that's why we do this podcast to keep everybody up to date on changes on what's considered evidence-based practice. Well, right now, in the world of high blood pressure and pregnancy, in the world of hypertension and obstetrical management, big changes are happening. On April the 4th of 2022, a pivotal new study was released called the CHAP trial. That's C-H-A-P. Yeah, I kind of like how it's similar to CHAPA. But nonetheless, CHAP stands for Chronic Hypertension and Pregnancy. And it's already got ACOG members and committee members drafting new practice guidelines and advisories. That's coming out within the next few days. So let's cover the CHAP trial and what this actually means for high blood pressure care in pregnancy. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practice because medicine moves fast. This is Clinical Pearls. All right, first thing first, remember, we're talking about chronic hypertension in pregnancy. Those who have pre-existing high blood pressure and then get pregnant, or those who have high blood pressure found before the first 20 weeks. So this does not imply that there's changes right now to the diagnosis of gestational hypertension or preeclampsia. Although, here's a quick spoiler, that's coming down the road too. But for right now, let's focus on the CHAP trial, Chronic Hypertension and Pregnancy, that was published early April 2022 out of the New England Journal of Medicine. You know, high blood pressure has previously been tied to preeclampsia and preterm birth, maternal death, heart failure, and even stroke in pregnant women. For the CHAP trial, Alan Tita, who led this study, enrolled over 2,000 pregnant women with mild chronic hypertension who all had a singleton fetus and had a gestational age of less than 23 weeks. This was a relatively diverse cohort with nearly half of people being African American. Participants were then randomized to receive antihypertensive medications or to have treatment withheld until the development of severe hypertension. Remember, right now, that's kind of the norm. ACOG and SMFM have traditionally supported the idea of withholding medication unless blood pressures were at or above 160 over 105. As for the medication, the preferred antihypertensives were either labetalol or extended-release nifedipine. Well, what happened? What happened between the treatment group and those who did not receive treatment? And what exactly were the outcomes, the endpoints that these investigators were looking for? Well, it turns out that treating high blood pressure to a target of less than 140 over 90 actually resulted in better outcomes than did usual care. This caused a reduced combined incidence of preeclampsia with severe features, a reduction in medically indicated preterm birth at less than 35 weeks gestation, a decrease in placental abruption, and here's the big win, a decrease in fetal or neonatal death. And here's another clinical pearl and more good news. Hypertensive treatment did not seem to affect babies or their mothers in an adverse way. The study's treatment and control groups had no difference in the safety outcomes of small for gestational age births defined as less than the 10th percentile, nor was there any difference between serious maternal complications or severe neonatal complications. In other words, not only did they show benefit, but they proved 
absence of harm with the use of antihypertensive meds. So you have to remember why this really matters. I mean, this really is practice changing. Because remember, for years, it's been the stance from both ACOG and SMFM not to give medications for these mild to moderate hypertensive ranges, like 140s to 150s over the high 80s to the mid to high 90s. I mean, we just didn't treat that because we didn't want to reduce the blood pressure head that was going to the placenta because somehow that was going to give altered fetal growth. That was the concern. But actually, if you actually do treat them and actually look at the data, it actually is more beneficial than harmful because there was no harm identified. Again, really practice changing. And this has forced ACOG in a new press release that just came out on April the 6th, which is the day that we're taping this podcast right now, saying that the new practice advisory committee is meeting over the next couple of days to offer official change in practice based on this CHAP trial. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, podcast family, we're going to be coming to the end here of this podcast in just a few moments because I wanted this to be just a quick news flash, a quick news update as to what's going on regarding the treatment of chronic hypertension in pregnancy. Well, here's where we're at as of the evening of April the 6th, 2022. The college released this evening the following statement, quote, a study published on April the 2nd in the New England Journal of Medicine treatment for mild chronic hypertension during pregnancy, reported improved outcomes when maintaining patients on blood pressure medication or initiating treatment early in pregnancy for chronic hypertensive pregnant patients who have a blood pressure of 140 over 90 or more. Prior to that publication, evidence regarding the effectiveness for initiating treatment or maintaining treatment for patients with mild chronic hypertension was mixed and definitive recommendations were not possible. But ACOG will issue an update to its clinical guidance via a practice advisory in the coming days, taking this new data into consideration, end quote. All right, podcast family, like I tell our medical students, like I tell our residents, as we commonly discuss with other academic faculty, I think medicine is pretty exciting. I mean, isn't it encouraging that we're in a field of work, in the field of medicine that's alive and always changing? It's not just kind of doing it the same old way. Everything's the same. Nothing changes. That's not the case at all. Medicine is dynamic. New data actually does change the way that we practice. And you know that as soon as ACOG releases that practice advisory, we will put that right here on the podcast so that everybody can be on the same page, current, and up to the latest information on evidence-based practices. So as always, we're thankful for you, and we're glad that you're part of our podcast family. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.